This is episode number 901 with Rob Deerdeck. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Michael Jordan said, some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. Others make it happen. And we've got the iconic and legendary Rob Deerdeck who makes it happen on every area of his life. Here's a guy I've known for many years now, and I've seen him build massive businesses from ideas. I've seen him create the relationship and the family of his dreams. I've seen him master his health and do so many different things on so many different levels. And if you don't know who Rob is, he became a professional athlete at 16 years old. And at 18 years old, he used the knowledge he gained from skateboarding industry to create his first company. Surrounded by entrepreneurs in his youth, he quickly learned the power of building massive brands. In addition to building footwear, apparel, and skate brands, He also launched the world's first professional skateboarding league and skateboarding channel ETN. He's produced multiple hit TV shows, including Robin Big, Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory, and Ridiculousness, amongst many others. He's also launched and incubated many brands, and he's quickly rising as one of the top entrepreneurs out there. And in this interview, we talk about the difference between a business and an idea. We talk about how Fantasy Factory almost didn't make it on air, the key to living a balanced and full life, and why it's so important to pick one thing to master, that and so much more. And this was an interview I did many years ago with Rob, and he has since then transformed in many other ways in his life. So I'm very excited about this and what you're about to discover from his wisdom. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Canva. I'm super excited about this interview with Rob Deerdeck. Make sure to share him some love online at Rob Deerdeck. And use this link, lewishouse.com slash 901 Text it to a friend, post it on your Instagram stories, on Twitter and Facebook, and get this out there to a friend that you think would be inspired by Rob Deerdeck from small town skateboarder to media mogul empire. Welcome everyone back to the School of Greatness. We have the legend from Ohio, Rob Deerdeck, in the house. Ohio, man. man. Just two guys. Two guys. Out in Beverly Hills now from Ohio. Yeah, You know? Um... 
I want to, before I get you to share your bio, because I have an intro that I already did before this, I want to do some things we have in common. Sure. All right. So some common things that Rob and Lewis have in common. Uh, Both from Ohio. First and first, I mean, I got my Haas shirt on. You do. You do. Lovely Always, every time you see the shape of the, of the Buckeye State, oh you, get, my gosh. you just get, you feel some type of way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and just before we get too deep into Ohio, I want you to know that I went to game seven. Uh, oh, you of the did NBA not. finals. And it was like, I you have never, not. like, <laughs> <laughs> how much pride did you have? Look, I have never, you know who I watched it with was D Wade, right? Oh and my gosh. It was like, I've never, I don't believe in my life. I have ever lived uh, through dramatic storytelling <laughs> and to where That's I couldn't – an entire like 20,000 people experiencing this just riveted like oh. just storytelling. And when they wa- – I couldn't – like I almost like cried. I was so excited. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you where I was. Yep. I was playing with the USA national team in Buenos Aires in Argentina yep. for the Pan Am Championships. Yep. Now, we just finished, and I think we lost a game to, I don't know, Brazil or someone who was just in the Olympics. And I'm like, we got to get back to watch game seven, right? I'm like, I don't care what we do. We got to get back to the hotel. And there's no English-speaking ESPN. It's like ESPN the Ocho or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. But they're like so – they're like, goal, you know, every time they score, it's like a soccer game oh, to them. So you didn't even get, oh, so you had to listen to it. I'm in, listening oh, in Spanish. Man. But I can That's feel cool. it, right? That's cool. Man. And it's down to the last minute. No yeah. one – I'm in my room by myself, and I'm literally screaming like yeah. – the whole city must have heard me. Yeah. It was unbelievable, yeah. man. That's, that's so much and, fun. And you got lucky that you were at least in a place that was like only yeah. on the same time zone. Exactly, least, yeah. You know I mean? It was like an getting, hour or two off or something. in yeah. Europe or no. something where you were like jammed. It was amazing, man. Good for you. Shout out to Ohio. Shout out to LeBron, the whole Cavs team. There you go. <laughs> Dan Gilbert and everybody. <laughs> uh, the second thing that we have in common, we're both former pro athletes. That's right. That's right. Skateboarding. Yeah. And I played professional football. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's number two. And how long were you a pro for? Oh, o- officially a pro. Look, skateboarding is a little gray. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. How long did you get paid to like compete? I guess right. I, I up until last year. Wow. You know what I mean? But yeah. I didn't get. I, I would say last year is when I stopped all my signature product. Okay. You know what I mean? So sure. that was, you know, twenty plus years. Wow. You know what I mean, so it's That's legendary I pro status. At sixteen. Uh, Living in Ohio, you were pro. Yeah, and then. Mm-hmm. Made this a very uh, long run, and and you know there was points yeah. in it where I had to check myself and reevaluate myself and rededicate myself to my craft. As uh, 23, I thought it was over. You know, at the time they had signed my final, they gave me a two year contract for DC and one more shoe, and they were like, "We think your best years are behind you." You know, and at 23, I was like, yeah, that's like. Yeah. Not even your prime yet. Look, but back then I was like, I'm a mess. But of course I was eating shitty and drinking a ton, you know what I mean? And not not nearly as focused, lost my way because my ambition was so much bigger than being a professional athlete. And uh, from that point on, I only signed two-year deals. I said, look, I promise you two years from now I'll be a completely different human being. And then I never signed a two-year more than a two-year deal ever again because I made a commitment of like every two years I will shape shift to another level. And, and that's what wow. I did continually up until I signed a seven-year deal, then they went bankrupt. You know, no. sure, sure. How much does a pro athlete make? Like, what's a two-year deal back when you're 23? Like, is that 100 grand oh, a year? Is that 20 grand? What, oh, is, what is that? I mean, back there you could make two to two to five hundred thousand, depending really? on the shoe, right? And wow, uh, and kind a of, year. 
Yeah. But, but what one of my early big hustles was I was so good at designing shoes mm. and I would design these hit shoes and make all this royalty money, right? So wow. even though you'd be guaranteed two hundred thousand you're making two bucks a shoe for Right. So life. you could you could end up uh, you know, making five, six, seven hundred some guys would make like a million, two million dollars off one shoe, right? So I did a deal with them when I signed that second year contract of Allow me to go through the same process as the designers, right? Mm-hmm. And what the designers did is they did hand sketches, yeah. then they made illustrator files, and then put them on boards and presented the sales. So I would just, I'd like do like 20 of them. I would Shut get up, up there and I was the pro How skater. You? you know, I was 24 back then, right? 25. Wow. I would razzle dazzle them. I would put on a show in that sales room because it was like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it'd be like, oh, what? The pros here, right? <laughs> and I ended up. You could speak from uh, what? Athletes wanted. Yeah, yeah, and but I, I like, look, I sold it to even so many deeper levels than that. Of like, this is what's trending, and you know, all that, and all the colorways, materials. And at one point, I had a, a third of the entire line, so I was getting royalty off of thirty or forty shoes. Oh my gosh! And when Quicksilver came in and purchased DC, they were like, "What?" Why is the pro, one of the pro skaters getting paid all the money. so much money, right? Cause the designer gets paid like 60 grand know, a year. Yeah. That's and I'm it. literally getting like <laughs> hundred plus for all these shoes. Shut you know what up. I mean? So, um, uh, they kind of put the kibosh on that after they were like, look, like you giving you too much. We just can't do this. Like, you wow. know, like when they bought it, you know what I mean? But that's, uh, oh my just a gosh. little insight. That's to amazing. A Dude, thing. I yeah. love that side hustle. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I didn't Born know you were a designer like that. What, what, I, what I called at a younger age, was we called that stir-frying. Stir-frying. Right, where you would just throw a bunch of different things in yeah, and cook it up. Works, you know so what yeah. I mean? And, and that's, uh, again, seeing an opportunity, mm. uh, approaching, not saying, hey, let me design 10 shoes. <laughs> it was like, let me go through the same process as the designers, mm. pitch that to the CEO. He's like, shit, okay, well, yeah, if, you know, if he out-designs our team, sure, let's give him a royalty, you know, and... Uh, even he didn't fully anticipate it, you know. And the sad part was, is like, you know, I'd go in there and just razzle dazzle and dance and <laughs> and sell them, and then then they would pick them, and literally I would hand pick a designer and hand it to him, and he'd literally have to do everything. Right. He would have to do all like get everything <laughs> made, get all the manufacturing, go through the whole process of, it, and I would just like check in. All oh, that looks sick. Oh, like, cool. Yeah, chase that. Send yeah. me my check. <laughs> wow, amazing. And you were in Ohio still during this. No, no, that was California. That was like, I left Ohio at 16. Really? Yeah. So I, I stopped going to school at 16 and, and, uh, got guaranteed at the time. I had already turned pro and right, right when I turned 17, um, you know, in, in that sort of era, you just got board royalties. That's, and maybe some little demo fees. So I would get like two, three hundred here, you know, in Christmas of that year, I sold one board and got a $2 check and, um, they were like, if you move to California, we'll give you a thousand a month. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, I'm rich, <laughs> like gone. You know what I mean? And wow. that, that was sort of the, the genesis of getting out there. And then once I got out there, then it just really started building because then all the other companies out here, uh, were trying to steal me thinking that I would leave the small Ohio company, which I just leveraged to get a little bit more money out of those guys. Sure. So, sure. Of course. You're smart. Where were you living when you first moved out here? I moved to San Diego. And mm. at the time, I moved in with these three girls, my uh, homie from Ohio and these uh, three girls. And when I told my mom, 
this is the arrangement that I made and, and we got a room and, and inside an apartment with three girls. She said, Oh my God, you're going to have AIDS. <laughs> like immediately equated me living oh my uh, with three girls as, as being AIDS, you know? So that was my first thing. I moved to Encinitas, California, sure, sure. Uh, down the beach. Yeah, and, man. Near PB? Is that near Pacific Beach? No, I eventually moved to PB yeah, because yeah. it was it's North County man. was pretty far yeah. from where the action was. Right. So I had eventually moved to Pacific Beach and, you know, just wild in the streets. I was wild, you know, and I had a, I had went to the Ohio DMV with my friend's social certificate, social security uh, certificate and or social security card and birth certificate. Uh-huh. And cause back then in Ohio, if you had those two, they'd give you an ID. You didn't have right. to wait. They give it to you on the spot, wow. you know? So I think at the time I had stayed up all night and, and went there at like six in the morning and I was like shaking, you know what I mean? Like trying to fill it out. Like, you know, like I'm such a criminal right now, you know, feeling so illegal, you know, I already look, you know, imagine how young I looked at, at 17 and, you know, I'm like, there. I fill out all the paperwork and I go to take the photo and they're like, you're not 21. Wow. And I'm like, I am 21. Everybody says I'm not, but I am. And he's like, excuse me? He's like, can you move the background to blue for 21? I was like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. This- oh my gosh. And then I have this like, <laughs> like photo of like that ID and I took that thing out of there, man. And I partied so you were hard 16? in PB. I was 17. Oh my I gosh. was known as Little Bill because my, my ID was William Weiss, a <laughs> friend of mine. So in, in Pacific Beach, California, I would yeah, go out hard. seven nights a week and I was known as Little Bill at the PB bar. Just and crush it. You know what I mean? So. Uh, PB was, and me uh, weren't wasn't exactly the right way to take off my career and right. my, my teenage years. I wasn't really focused. Uh, sure, had all the ambition, the drive, but didn't really quite. Uh, was still very exploratory in in the early ages. You know? That's hilarious, Ben. Another thing in common for us is we are both entrepreneurs. Who, what I heard you say in the video is you never started out to be an entrepreneur. Your dad was was selling suits. My dad was selling insurance. Yeah, a couple of Ohio guys. But you didn't start out to be an entrepreneur, right? You just wanted to be an athlete. Is that what I? No, well, no. I was raised by by entrepreneur wolves, right? Mm. I wasn't. Um, I knew no other way, right? It's like, despite wanting to be a professional athlete and getting so good really quick, but uh, the first person I made a phone call to when I was 11 years old was a guy named Jimmy George at the local skate shop, right? And I said, if I get 10 people to enter the, your contest. He was having a contest. Can I get in for free? Now, Jimmy George was an 18 year old entrepreneur who skate started his own skate shop. And, uh, what has sort of happened is this sort of ecosystem of, of skateboarding entrepreneurialism exploded in Dayton, Ohio. Really? So he started, not only did he start the skate shop, then he started a boutique, then he started a distribution company. So then one of my close friends, uh, that was working at the shop then started a clothing line. Then when the alien workshop, the company I was pro for my entire career, those guys moved back and started the alien workshop in Dayton, Ohio. Um, and, uh, all of this incredible. So to me, when I was young, it was just, this is what I'm going to do. All my, everyone around me, all, all the people that I spend the most time with are all starting their own companies. This yeah. is just what okay. I'm going to do. Wow. So that's what led to the moment I got to California. First thing I did was start a company. Right. And, uh, that, uh, to me is that great outlier sort of aspect of your, you didn't know any other way. Like it wasn't even weird to you that you're already thinking about like you're you didn't look at it as 
business. Like it was just, this is what you did. All your friends did and everybody knew they mm. built companies and started companies, even though I, I didn't fully understand what that meant. Right. Like I have always, it took me many years to understand the difference between mm. a business and an idea. You know, and a lot of people with drive and will and the ability to execute bring ideas uh, to life, but they're not good businesses. And, and some of them are, are quite frankly, terrible businesses, mm. you know, and great ideas. And that's what I uh, suffered with a lot in, in my early days of being a uneducated uh, guy who didn't go to his last year of high school, who mm. uh, took a night class to get a, a diploma GMT. and um, who apparently, even though I don't fully remember this story, my mom says like they tried to tell me that no, yeah, you got to go to school, and I just convinced the counselors and the and all of the principals that I was like I just didn't I didn't need to, <laughs> and that they finally just let me like he's not coming, so like I guess he doesn't have to. Like, they just let me go, but that's that's sort of the difference. It's, I, I had a, a very unusual upbringing in that sense you know and even when i was like 14 i spent no time with kids and and in my school jimmy george would pick me up from school and we would go my dad would drop or my mom would drop me off the shop during the weeks and then on the weekends i would stay with him all weekend skate shop yeah so the kid that owned the who had built the skate shop so then i would travel all over with him and and just be literally up in the mix of their business and and how they did everything and and that was really like the major influence on me at a at a really early age of like like calculating what my version of my business was going to be. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host hi i'm ben i suffer from a condition called writer's block it strikes when i'm at work that's why i choose canva magic write it works fast generating texts in seconds thanks to ai common side effects include increased productivity compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction now i can say bye-bye to writer's block ask your boss if canva magic is right for you at canva.com designed for work canva. who was most influential in your life growing up yeah, I think I think that core group. There's uh, Jimmy George, uh, a guy named Chris Carter, and Mike Hill, uh, who went on to start the Alien Workshop. It was this kind of core group of of entrepreneurs and mentors mm. that were older and and that I uh, skated for, right? Yeah. Almost right. One had the skate shop. One built the company. You know, and uh, and then you know. God bless my mom, who I found out when I was like doing all my biomechanical body research. Like they were like crawling patterns. Like find out when you right. find out when you uh, walked for the first time. <laughs> and my mom was like, 
Like, I thought for sure, like, she was going to get, no, no, your sister was having problem with her eyes and, and they said not to let you, like, cause she started walking after six months. So I didn't let you walk for a year, even when you tried to, right? <laughs> and like, I really believe that's like the foundation of like what allowed me to become an athlete. Right? Oh, wow. And she would, she was the one who was like, he's small. We got to put him in karate, you know, and like try to chase it down. Then my dad was always like literally. Like he could do anything, I could do anything, right? So it'd mm. just be like, Dad, this he's of course I can do that. I'm your dad, right? He's like, of course you can, my dad, right? And I got that same sort of like, of course I can, like, you know, like from him, you mm. know, and that spirit of like like understanding people and calibrating with people's yeah. energy and, and just enjoying life combined with this sort of paranoid mother uh, who wanted to get me into, to stuff. She was so afraid I was going to be bullied because I was smaller, uh, which led to this athleticism yeah. and this foundation of success at such an early age and this true deep belief that you can do anything foundationally at a very young age yeah. that, uh, when then mixed with these older ent- entrepreneurs and, and older uh, mentors created the, the, the pool that eventually birthed someone like me to do the type of things that I do in a history and a career and a life on so many different levels. Yeah. Know? Amazing, man. Steve, Steve. Steve. <laughs> but I knew you'd appreciate it. No, I love I all this stuff. It, I know? love all this stuff. Um, another thing in common, we're both ordained ministers from the Universal Life Church. Yeah, man. Who'd you marry, man? I actually didn't marry anyone, but when I was in college, I was like, oh, this looks cool. I want to be like an ordained minister. Yeah. So I went online and did it. But Let me give you I, some depth. Let me give you some depth. But I know you did when well, you did it on a show of yours, right? Let me, let me tell you, let me tell you this, how it went, right? So I had this, I have, I embrace stalkers, right? I think it's, uh, <laughs> Just something kind of funny. Do you have a lot of stalkers. I, I do, I do. You know, and I, I have this theory mm-hmm. on stalking is like when, when people are on, when they you engage with them, it humanizes you mm-hmm. and makes you less interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had this deaf couple that would follow me everywhere I went, right? And whether it was when I jockeyed the horse, they'd go there. When I do my car stunts, they were there. Whatever, if I threw a party in a club, you know, they, they were there. there. And and I kind of just thought they were cute you know what i mean like they were in love and a deaf mm. couple and they're just super fans eh, yeah. you know whatever uh, so he he shows up to my birthday presents me with a rolex right Un, uninvited uninvited yeah he's you just know, there. It's like a public at one of the clubs okay, you know okay. what i mean so he shows up you know what i mean he's like you have heart you have heart i said I, ain't, I don't. I wouldn't take a Rolex from one of my best friends yeah, unless they were really rich. Yeah, I'm not taking this from you, no. right? And so then he gave me a card that just said, "Hey, I want to get engaged." Um, I can't remember the name of the time. Like, will you help me? And I'm like, you want to know what? I'm, I'm I'm gonna do an episode about this. That's crazy. So I learned sign language. I set this entire thing up, had her surprise, like blindfold her, no set the way. whole thing, put her on the zip line at the factory, sent her down, like, you know, he jumped out, uh, <laughs> he lays down, like, will you marry me? <laughs> no you know? And she's like, no. What? And I'm like, <laughs> on TV? Yeah, and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, wait, he's like, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> No, absolutely no. What? Then he's like, for TV? 
she's like, fine. Shut up. And then, like, it's like, I'd marry you to me. I'm like, oh, God, okay, whoa, all right. Like, and so no I had way. planned, no part of me thought that he hadn't had that part worked out, right? <laughs> so I built, I just laid out the entire episode, went and got ordained for all of that. And, um, oh my God. And then, and then when they did it, I couldn't do it, right? So fast forward two years later, and, it's such a good idea for an episode, right? Amazing. And I'm like, God, it would only matter if I could marry uh, someone that was significant in my life. My mm. sister had had a boyfriend for like two years at the time. So I called my mom and I'm like, they ever talk about getting married? And she's like, ah, they said they're just going to go to the courthouse. And I'm like, Shit, okay, mm. will you tell them if they're willing to get married in the, in, in the next three months – that I'll shoot an episode and pay for their w- amazing wedding and, and, and give them a big honeymoon and all this stuff. And so she's like, okay. So like an hour later, I'm like, man, what am I doing? Like, why am I, why am I trying to mess with her life and their mm-hmm. life? Like, why, like, don't, like, don't put the pressure on. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, why are you messing with their life for your own TV entertainment? And so I call her. I say, what? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm like, do you talk to mom? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm like, what? She's like, well, just so you know, I just brought it up to Jason. He was like, oh, oh, great. Because it's just something we've never talked about. Right. And I'm like, never talked about. My mom just made that up saying like, oh, they said they're going to go to a courthouse. Right. They've never even though these two have been together for two years. They never spoke about marriage. So I said, man, put him on the phone. I said, Hey, dude, I'm, I'm, look, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to f with your life, I, you know, on, on, you know, this whole TV thing and whatever, but look, on some real shit, if you'll get married in three months, <laughs> it'll be pretty I epic. Will, <laughs> I will pay for your wedding and I'll give you guys like a hundred G's. Holy cow. You know what I mean? And he was like, uh, all right, let me talk about it. And, uh, so we shot that episode, did it like wow. the whole thing and, and had my sister's wedding inside the fantasy factory and, and, um, Did she love it or was she like – She loved it. You know, and uh, to me it's like, yeah, it's blending entertainment and creativity and being absurd and over the top. But, but fucking that's special, man. Mm, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's another one of these incredible life moments that I have yeah. and a highlight reel of, of incredible moments that money can't buy. Mm. And And – it is it is timing and creativity and opportunity all these things mashed into one yeah. with a little bit of magic you know and and for me you know I'll never do it again I'm, you know it's like people hit me up all the time I want to you know get ordained and and that literally is the most significant one right, right. because it's like it's I only is. it's just my sister and me and it's like yeah. and she you know that was at 40 you know, and then she, wow. they immediately got pregnant and she had uh, my nephew at 41, uh, straight buzzer beater, you know, and, <laughs> and that's why the following time I was like, okay, I really feel like I shifted their whole existence. These are yeah. two people that didn't talk about marriage about who now have a child. And that's why in the following uh, season, then I just bought them like a full house so that they could just have something free and clear that. Uh, could be the true foundation of their family forever. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I manipulated the universe on that one. It's my responsibility to make sure, sure that yeah. you are secure and peaceful inside your existence. You know what I mean?
But as you know, in Ohio, that doesn't you get a lot for for you get a lot for hundred grand. You're a king. <laughs> yeah, no, look, too. Dayton as well. Look, like I, sixty I, grand. You got a mansion. Yeah, no, look, I spent like three eighty. Yeah. Right? So oh my god, they're living large. Like, it's like it's a beautiful. My thing aunt has about. a has a place that she got for a half a mil on like the Scioto or the Ohio, Ohio River, right in Dublin, Ohio. I don't know if you know yeah, Dublin. Yeah. But it's like a half a million dollar home, but it's got like twelve bedrooms and like uh, yeah. six car garage yeah. and on a river with a you know, a boat or whatever. It's like four wings Look, for like five grand a month. It, I'm like, What? Yeah. Ohio bad. <laughs> you'll never especially being from there, mm-hmm. you'll never not like think about how far what your rent is in this dude, play, what you dude. the amount that you could own and, but the difference is too is you would buy it for oh three that thing is will be worth yeah. 400 yeah. 10 years from now yeah, there yeah, is no yeah. it's not it's like, like out like, here when the when the waves flowing out here you like can double. you could literally make millions yeah. off of a shitty house in the hills dude my first apartment when i was making a little bit of money was 495 dollars a month in columbus ohio yeah. and it was like the most ghetto building in downtown yeah. uh, in the short north. And I remember I moved to New York City uh, for like a month to go just try try it out because I had a couple speaking gigs and I was like, let me just try it out for a month. And it was 2700 bucks. And I remember feeling like I wanted to throw up that I was paying $2,700 for one month and I was paying 495 Yeah. And then after one week of being there, I was like, I get it. Like the inspiration, like the motivation, I was like, I get it. And then I paid thirty six hundred months for the next month, and I was like, Oh, I can't believe I'm writing this check, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But then I was like, You know, it's just like driving me to create more and be more inspired and yeah. and do more. And it was yeah, so plus, much fun. Plus, there's the price of your journey. It's yeah, the journey, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. You could have moved probably out to like Brooklyn or wherever. And like, right, no, I was in Manhattan, yeah. like Soho. Like yeah. it was, it was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. It was magical. Um. And the fifth thing we have in common is we both love ridiculousness. Man, you've, oh, done, you've done man. an amazing oh, job at the show. Like, um, I watch it for like you know, I watch it for hours every night. I'm like, this is the funniest show on TV. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny. So, congrats on creating yeah, a winning it. formula. Yeah, which isn't something new. You know, yeah. people have been doing funniest home videos for yeah. years, right? Yeah. Well, look, even even when I you know conceptualized it, it was like I read an article with Vinnie DeBona. In the Hollywood Reporter about the $500 million syndication business of America's Funniest Home Videos. Shut up. So, You're like, oh, this makes sense. But then what I did when I pitched it in the beginning is I took an episode of America's Funniest Home Videos mm-hmm. and just stripped out all the fat like, and showed that like, hey, th- th- there's actually only about – five minutes that's good in here and then i would go in and pitched it to all the networks with like an xbox controller and like you know pointing it out and talking through like basically just almost how i i do the show at this time mm-hmm. and even at the time i sold it during robin big right because i knew that i really? uh, wasn't gonna do that any longer right and it was so, three seasons four seasons robin, three, three right seasons. so in the which was in, brilliant by the way in the third season i sold it direct the series right and uh, at the time, it was called Money Shot because we were going to give away money like America's Funniest Home Videos. And then they were like, we want another reality show. And then mm. offered me all this money. right? And they were like, season four of Robin Big or your own show. Mm. Right? Fantasy and Country, right? to go with uh, Money Shot at the time, right? So – but I got paid probably a, a a quarter on the Money Shot show, right? So I decided at the time, like, 
let's just do fantasy factory first. You know what I mean? And because it's like so much more money, even though that was a dog fight. Uh, and then by the time, a lot of production we, value, right? A lot of production for fantasy factory. Yeah. Well, no, it's just, it, it's, it, it wasn't, wasn't that as balls to wall on that. You know what uh, I mean? I, I knew I had to make something so much bigger than Robin big. Right. And that's why I knew, you know, I went all, I spent like 750 G's on that building and midway through shooting it, they were like, this show sucks. Like they didn't oh like the, the executives were like, this thing sucks. Like I was getting attacked by a shark in the Bahamas. I saw that one. <laughs> and the night before I was getting attacked, like basically the top of the food chain and MTV was like, this show is not going on the air. We shot all these episodes. They're like, cut it down to six episodes. No way. And I was in my hotel room going through probably 200 cuts trying to figure out what's missing here because what what had actually happened is we tried to the the team that i created the show with only knows how to make a buddy comedy so they tried to basically take this big building and take me and my cousin to be robin big but we're not robin big right and and i and one of the first cuts when it had my lawyer and my manager and and all the different characters, I'm like, no, this is an office dynamic. But the night before I got attacked by a shark, I sent out an email um, of basically like we over edited it. We we went down to Robin Big. This is really like the office, uh, but set in this extreme world, mm. right? And and it reeled everybody back in, and then we were able to recut everything to to now have that office dynamic that then allowed it to go and explode right but that's the depth before i got up in the morning and had to be like what am i doing do i really want to lose function of this arm right because the whole thing they're like you can do this but if you don't if you let go of it of your arm when it's on you it will shatter your arm oh my gosh because it's gonna thrash so crazy and like, and the worst part about it too is like, as you go to dive, like where you got to get attacked, oh like, my gosh, dude. No. like you have to jump through like 50 sharks all up on the no. surface because they know someone's there, like no, going to feed them. So you got to jump through them and go down. And then if you can imagine, like, <laughs> like you're like this, like, wow. Well, you are like got a piece of tuna on your arm. I saw them put it out there. And it's like, it's like, and when that, when that thing locked on. I just remember, like, good lord, like, I can't believe, like, I'm really, there's a shark on me. This is, like, real, you know? And, and I remember when it was over, I was swimming back up and I just told myself, just stop and look at this world. Like, you will never be here again. Like, just look at, stop and never forget this moment, you know? And, and look down at a sunken ship and just sharks everywhere. And what was literally the dumbest idea I'd ever thought of in my life. Uh, 10 in the morning was now like, I got to talk about a shark. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. now it's like, nobody's taking that away from me. Like, this is like, put, you know, it's like, it was, like it was the gold beginning metal. of like where I started chasing these crazy stunts. Really? After, uh, going through that and what that gave me, now it created this sort of desire to build a highlight reel, you know, that le- leads to flipping cars for Super Bowl commercials and jockeying horses and getting attacked by tigers and all the different things. It led to this kissing bears. Yeah, kissing bears. Yeah, kissing bears. Yeah, like all, um, all of like this really incredible life moments mm. that again, y- y- 
no one can ever take away from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny. I had Travis Pastrana in here a couple weeks ago and he talked about you and talked about some of the adventures you guys had had and uh, how you were always like the cool young guy, um, you know, just always can make people laugh and all these things. Yeah. He's done some crazy stuff, right? Yeah, he's, he's, there's three people like him, right? There's Laird. Laird, Danny Way, and him. Yeah. I believe they're, they have a genetic malfunction. Like I'm a real dude. Try, I'm scared, and this none of this makes sense. I'm only doing this for story and like part of a business hustle. Yeah. He literally just loves to do it. You know what That's I mean? Insane. And he doesn't have the fear gene. Like all of us have those three guys specifically. They have this this thing that says first, oh, this is too dangerous. They only think about making it. They only think about making it. And when they get hurt doing it, it's like ah shit. <laughs> like, didn't expect that. Oh, six like, they literally now. are like, Travis specifically, like, he's like, what? Dang it. I don't want to get hurt. I don't I'm hurt again. Another surgery. Like, and like, you know, and Laird, him, Danny Way is the same way where, and you can't trust them, you know? <laughs> the same way when I told Laird, can I get, you know, I'd never surfed before. Can I get towed into a big wave? He's like, easy. And I'm like. <laughs> you did it actually. Right. Yeah, right. But I, but I didn't trust I just know him and their type. The same. You just can't trust them because they think everybody is as gnarly as they no, are. Yeah. They think, you know, and all, I've been through it with all of them from almost dying on the wave with Laird to trying to backflip a motorcycle with Travis oh and whiskey throttling into a, a crane uh, <laughs> and trying to jump the mega ramp with Danny Way and like could not get myself to break through, you know. But oh look, gosh, Danny man. Way, they all have that missing element. Uh, of being fearful of something and literally only think about doing it. And, but Danny Way will have surgery on his knee and only get local anesthetic so he can watch it and talk through, like, Shut oh, up. I kind of see that. Yeah, let's, let's kind of pull, like, <laughs> that's how, like, gnarly he is. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like a, despite doing so many insane stunts, like, I still look at myself. They were all done with sort of a reason of content or for a major, you know, flipping that car for Chevy was, they were the title of my league. They were, it was the season premiere, it was a Super Bowl commercial. It was just this multi-platform, mega multi-million dollar deal that boiled down to like, okay, you got to really gotta go flip it. a car now. But they'll do that like uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. Right, like to them, fun. they're like, but they respect that. You know what I mean? They're like, damn, that's a gnarly one. You know what I mean? Like they, Props. Res- they, res- they give, they give me respect. Like I'm in their zone. You're in the club. Though, like I know, like that's just I'm just trying to make TV or content. You know what I mean? Like I'm retiring. You guys will do this forever. Right. You know what I mean? Even like, like I'll go work out with Larry. You done a Larry pull workout? I did a, a breathing workout with him, and th- we did like a other type of exercises. But I want to do the pull workout with him. Oh, it's man. insane. I hear. It's just. Have you done a few or just one? I've done a couple and it's gnarly, right? What I love about him is like, especially like getting in the, in and out of the ice tubs in the middle of the workout, which is just the worst, right? But he's always like, he literally like has so much confidence in me. He's like, you know, hey, not a thing for you, not a thing for you. You know, you got the mind <laughs> for this. And it's like, just so that Laird isn't like that I live up to Laird's expectation. I am like dying inside that ice thing, but acting like I'm just like, yeah. So anyway, Laird, like, what are no we big thing, like, no big thing. Man, but when I got, he, he really thought I died. He was so <laughs> shook in the ocean or yeah, what? Yeah. When I got towed into the wave, I got held under by two waves, I had two life jackets on. And I literally still under with two life jackets. Yeah, and I and I I finally was fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting, and I finally had to give up. Like, 
just give up. Like I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, no I, way. I was giving up. And the moment I gave up, like I popped out and he just come flying in and he's like, we're done. We're done. Like he really thought I died. He was shook. He was like really, really shook. Like, you couldn't oh breathe God. or what? No, not because I was like, I was spun so crazy. You didn't know which way it was I got down. Caught in two of them, right? And I could never get out, you know? And it's an interesting way to experience fear, right? Because you're floating on your back in the ocean, right? And I'm like, man, just get me the up because I don't want to get bit by a shark, right? All I can think of is like sharks coming underneath because I just wanted to get up. And then on most really dangerous shit, you face it. You yeah. don't, yeah, you go towards it versus like this one, you're just kind of cruising and it comes from behind. Oh. So now you're just like, you get towed in in an angle where you're oh, not looking you. at yeah. it, right? So when you get the towed wave, in, the wave, yeah, yes. the wave is completely, so you're like, oh, and then like a house falls on you. Right. And then you are now it's a fight for life. Right. It's so nuts. You know, so still the only time I've ever served. I never the first and only time I've ever served. I saw a clip of you, a highlight clip of you getting on it, though. Yeah. Is that right? You, yeah. So you actually hit yeah. a wave. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Oh. Yeah. This is after you almost died or before? Before. Okay. Before. It was like, let's get one more. You know, it was like that type of. <laughs> one more was done. Yeah, okay. That type of thing. So if, uh, if you were to describe yourself um, or a bio that you would give yourself, who would you say that? Rob Deerdeck is. Well, I have a very refined, you know what I mean? In the, in the sense that it's a core trait, you know what I mean? Where I, I consider myself a do or dire, you know what I mean? Like someone that, um, has the fortitude, mm. the worth, work ethic and the grit to turn all their passions into reality, you know, by seeing it, believing it, planning it and doing it, you know, and, and to me, uh, and a self discovery of like really what makes you tick, you know, and, and, and then I look at it as an even deeper level of I'm passionately compelled, right? I don't have contrived ambition. Like I'm not being driven by trying to prove something wrong or mm -hmm. trying to do anything. I genuinely am passionately compelled to do all the things that I do, right? Yeah. Um, I am, uh, obsessively curious. Right. Yeah, That's why too. I yeah. relentlessly learn, you know what I mean? And, and, and completely evolve and, and continue to shift into different levels of reality based off of the knowledge that you have and the ability to set goals and build plans only based off of what you believe in. Your belief is only based off your knowledge, right? It's just the, an experience, right? Um, relentlessly consistent. You know what I mean? I, I, you get me the same way. Uh, parking attendant gets me the same way as, as Lorenzo Fertitta. You know what I mean? And, and, and billionaires and, and TV executives to skate kids. Like, and you know what I do. If you're around me, you know how hard I work. I've yeah. never not worked hard. I don't all of a sudden, I don't go high and low and disappear, you know? Uh, profoundly grounded. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It, it's, Success or failure, there's a lesson and, and it's all humbling. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, grateful, uh, based off of God, what a, what an amazing life that you've even been allowed mm, to live. Right. I love that. And, um, honestly brilliant. You know what I mean? There's things that I really know that I'm great at and I'm honest with myself on the things that I'm not. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that someone like me who's, who thinks they can do everything, you tend to like, uh, you tend to think you can do everything and get caught out there when you're, uh, you know, Mr. 
know it all about everything that you don't fully understand because you decide what it is based off of your experience, right? And and, and I think that's sort of a part of me that that uh, has evolved, you know, like energetically driven, you know what I mean? Like where you're uh, inspired by energy. Like you know your energy is going to control all those around you and that, that ultimately we're all energy and how it all feels and feeds in and out is going to determine how everything around you ultimately works. You know what I mean? And uh, You know, the it, source of all the outcomes around you. 100%, right? 100% and, responsible and source. And even mastering how to master that energy is the fundamental core principle of happiness yes you know what i mean it's like you literally either wake up and you see the world half full and that means mm. it doesn't matter what's going on you're handling it you're looking towards the future you're progressing all this stuff you canva presents stories to keep you up at night it was an ordinary work day until the singapore presentation is at 3 a.m the office was shocked <laughs> that's when we sleep Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. See it half empty? You're, you could pick apart in every aspect of your life, right? So to me, in this evolution, um, it's becoming how do you uh, get up every day and make sure you're looking at it half full and the simple fundamental controlling your energy, right? Cause yeah. at the end of the day, that's all that you have. You can sleep for two hours and if you're, and you're living in that energy, you could go a hundred miles an hour. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You, know? you could sleep for seven hours and be healthier than cause your diet's on point every last aspect and you could just feel dead to the weight of the world could be on you when you're yeah. half empty. You yeah. Know? A lot of that stems from gratitude, which you talked about being grounded in gratitude, right? Yeah. 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 To a degree, right? It's yeah. like every tool, even being gratitude does you no good when you're half empty. You can be like, oh, I feel like sh you could start picking everything apart and you can tell yourself uh, the same way that like you can put out a vision for whatever you want. But if you don't believe in the steps or understand what the steps are, you don't believe that vision. You know what I mean? It's like so many people – uh, are over positive without having realistic positivity. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't dream big, but right. you better dream in sequence. Ah, if I, to get to there, I'd have to go to here. And if I get to that, here's like, if you can't identify what levels you've got to reach to get to that, you're never going to truly believe it. And if you don't, if your subconscious doesn't actually believe it, you're not going to manifest Absolutely. even what you even set out of your goal that's too big to even ultimately achieve. So how do you manage your energy with all the different things that are going on, the relationships you have? You got a baby coming on the way, yeah. you know, businesses, TV shows, executives, brands, you know. Yeah. How do you manage your energy so that you're always half full? I live a completely systematic life. You know, it's... I think you know it well. It's mm -hmm. the, the habit side, right? And now imagine if your habit level goes even further, right? Where now you only pick projects and build projects where your part of it is only where you find energy. So now – doesn't take your energy. Right. And then now connect that to having a complete life plan and total purpose that's scalable. Yeah. Right? So now uh, – Every aspect of your life 
um, has purpose and meaning. So your faith in your big ideas is always there because you believe in your plan. Uh, and you're not getting outside your comfort zone because you've built your entire system around making sure you stay there. Um, it's almost impossible to drift out of it. Now, I have intangibles like incredible love, right? I have uh, the love of my life and the person that I was absolutely meant to live on this earth with forever, right? And create a family and build forever. And that's a something that's we all hope and dream for, but actually achieving it is the is the greatest of great unknowns and actually getting. And and when you are already built around creating a systematic life plan on top of optimizing that and building it to evolve as you grow. But now when you, you're building that forever plan with someone that you are uh, fully aligned with in that purpose together, and now your entire universe is built around the both of you, it's, something to be grateful for at an at an extremely fundamental level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not many people I know could articulate it like that or actually live it and uh understand what it actually feels like. Cause it's it's What's especially it like? relationships. It's peace. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it's you get up each day, it don't matter how chaotic things are you look at it half full, you just you you just deal with it as it goes and you've built your world in a way that nothing there's the stakes aren't so high in anything that you're doing and at the end of the day, your family and your core relationship that's at the center of it all is the most important. Right? So your balance naturally occurs because um you're not uh, you know, a lot of really driven people have to fight to find balance. Right. Versus building an entire balanced system uh, so that you live in balance. You never have to search for it. You actually live in it. And part of living in that balance is making sure that you live in the energy of everything and get up every day and look at it half half full. Right. Because you just look at you're happy, you know, and that's it's a difficult thing to achieve. It took me three years. I would say meeting Tony Robbins was a huge part of it. When did you meet him? Uh, two years ago, right? I had basically three years ago, I had just finally had enough of what I was doing. Which was? Everything, mm. right? And if you- A little bit of everything. If you choose, because when you literally can do anything <laughs> and you choose to do it all, you end up standing for nothing, yeah. right? And and none, I was always doing all these things thinking one of them was going to be the answer and I finally stopped and said, no, let's decide what it's all for and what you actually want to do forever and begin to build that and transition into uh, the rest of your life and a plan that is scalable to who you are. So it puts you in what you love to do the most yeah. and that gives you that same – sort of creative freedom to have a ton of variety so you can still do a ton of different things but not be uh, burdened by any of them, right, is sort of ultimately what it is. And then what can you master? What do you want to be a master of, right? You have to decide what your mastery is so that you can spend the rest of your life getting better and better and better and better, right? And that was sort of my self-discovery along with the idea of what does money mean to you and 
you do all these companies and do all this stuff and TV and all this stuff. What, what, what are you? What is it all for? What is it all for? Right. And what is it all for now? Uh, to me, I love to create right now. Uh, I love the, the lifestyle, uh, that money provides you, right? Because it gives you this immense amount of freedom and security, right? And, uh, the problem is, is if you don't build it in a way that it's built to, be secure where you're risking all the time and doing all this stuff and you don't have a plan for all all of it holistically sometimes you swing into this very burdensome where you over leverage yourself or got too risky you know it creates like but because you're chasing a bigger thing well what's the bigger thing like and i and that's really what money master the game did to me it was like just, powerful book man just just made me stop and and build a plan for money for the rest of my life, right? And ultimately that is uh to create a lifestyle that my money provides, right? And as that scales, um my lifestyle scales, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to uh getting a place of thinking that I'm going to get rich and a system that I've created, it doesn't matter if I make 100 million or 500 million or 5 billion, the system will never change. It's scalable with with where I go. Right. And for me, it's why I built a systematic, uh, uh, entire venture system, right. That I call the deer deck machine, which is basically my philosophy on how I will build businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's my, my passion, right. Like, building from scratch and investing in businesses both, or yeah. both yeah. builds and builds invest. I invest to learn. I build because it's my passion. Right. And I build with doer dyers like me. Right. And, uh, long term, I want to master curating talent and ideas and doer dyers, building their ideas and then selling them. Right. I don't, uh, like running companies. Right. Yeah. I don't like operating businesses. Right. Like I love being in the creative side of it and it's only fun when it's in that hyper growth, right? It's so exciting. And, and the ultimate payoff is that exit. Yeah. And I want to build it with people that want to take and run their ideas forever. We're going to build these right. businesses to last forever, but I only want to be there in a three to five run of helping you build codify Grow exponentially. And yeah. And, and just do that over and over for the rest of my yeah. life. Right. And, fun. and just get better and better at it. Right. And, uh, so for me, it's, you know, I'm, you know, right now I've been investing in a ton of alcohol brands, right? Because I uh, created this sort of disruptive tactical revenue model that approaches uh, disrupting alcohol distribution by um, building a distribution by neighborhood strategy connected to marketing and storytelling to owning all, on and off premise in neighborhoods instead of cities, right? And... Um, what it allows you to do is go underneath this sort of super strict distribution world and if in and use your brand's identity and what it stands for in a community uh, to scale revenue that ultimately if you break through at any level in the alcohol space they they buy them at 10 times revenue really so it's not about creating a profitable business you literally get to 10 million you sell for 100 it's that clean wow. right so it's like 
I invested in three to test three different tactical mm. models, a college distribution one for a boxed wine, a white flavored whiskey with an elite, elite team of guys uh, that have built, built and sold businesses at a really premium valuation, early startup, 22 million posts, like, and then a more media based group that are creating a ton of content. But I've all shared them. This is a tactical model on how to disrupt alcohol distribution with this neighborhood revenue matrix right and let's let's see what happens right so now i get to test and learn once once i refine and see that it works i'm gonna start building right i'm gonna start building because that's what i actually love to do is like like oh like come up with the idea come up with the name ah the name ah the website's available what like think about that you know like and, and add to it like that's my passion so if i get to do that in my venture side mm. right and that that's what i love to do I'm only going to get better and better at it forever, right? And then for me, uh, I put all my money in private placement real estate, multifamily really? homes, right? Where it's here or uh, in Ohio or all over the place, all over, but only wow. with high level expert operators. Yeah, yeah. Because you get, um, you get a tax free dividend, right? And then they roll them, they sell the 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 units every five to ten years, and you roll that into another one, 1031 exchanges, so you never pay taxes on that either, right? Wow. So now that creates sort of your uh, – sort of like what I call the financial freedom fund where that dividend – if you keep your expenses inside that dividend uh, – your lifestyle is never at risk, right? right and right. so, as you continue to play in your venture You're world, risky and, and other things, yeah, yeah, you 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 have like live in your venture world. Every time one pops, then you load it back into your freedom fund. And the beauty of that system is it snowballs over time, and and that's um, the cleanliness of how I look at it. You're just you want to live within the means of your freedom fund. Have fun and, and your passion and your mastery inside your business. Uh, and then my personal home, you know what I mean? Yeah, Going yeah. real extra big on like the personal home because, you know, conceptually, I want to have the center of gravity for my family. I want to have five kids, you know, and, and I want uh, the home that they grow up in to be where they come back to for the rest of their lives. Like I want to tether them. This, it's that Ohio feeling, man. You go is, back home. Yeah, and, you're, and, and I yeah. just want that as part of the great stability of just knowing like this is where you truly come from you yeah. know and that's never going to change you know what i mean and and that holistically now is connected everything the entire plan of every decision i make connects back to that entire system you know what i mean and, and even doing a uh, you know, I I wrote and I'm and, uh, doing a business show for NBC, right? Mm -hmm. And it's everybody's like, what's your next TV? Thing? All the networks, everybody's all on me like, you know, and, and I did not want to do anything until I figured out my entire system. So, so it now, makes sense. Right. Yeah. And, and it adds to my mastery, yes. right? So the show is about uh, built around a fund that is curating ideas and investing in one and uh, having a competition for three like businesses where one Brilliant. wins the capital, right? So and, it helps your business, your system. It all feeds right. into it. And, yeah, and the beauty of it is, is I can look at so much deal flow as, as uh, as sort of my own venture business, but I am I've been open to this entirely new world because yeah. I'm looking at so much business now because I'm casting for a television show, right? So 
it all again ties back to this entire holistic picture that at the center is just being happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. Be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, of it's course. Just it is, and how do you be happy? Just live in the energy. How do, what do you get energy from? I actually get energy from all that shit. I get energy from the stable side of it. I get energy from building this amazing house and having this amazing family. I get energy from the entrepreneurs I work with and my, right, right. my, uh, venture <laughs> business, right? It's like, it's all of it. It's, it literally now is, is where, uh, this entire swelling universe of at the center is just a, literally just a happy day. You know what I mean? And that's very difficult to discover within yourself, especially when the train's going a thousand miles an hour and you're doing a million things. I just was like, no, you have to. You got to do it now. You know what I mean? Like you wow. got to do it now. And you've, you've ran 40 years of just all over the place. You know, it doesn't work. It's like stop and, and think about it all. And then what does it all look like in the beauty? And I would, all, I would argue that even when that self discovery is right around the time I met my wife, really? this is meeting T Rob. This is like, you know, all sort of the aspects. I, you know, I, I, uh, hired this really brilliant strategist, uh, that, uh, came from the agency world that helped me bring all this out of my, my mind and codify it, uh, from a business side as I was doing all the self discovery of trying to see how it all adds up, you know, and, you know, cause even, you know, I, I, you know, try to explain to Tony, like, you know, you have no idea how much meeting you changed like my life, but we haven't, I've never gone to any of the big stuff. I've never like, you know, it's just me and him, you know? And like, he just doesn't like, I just feel like he's, he doesn't understand the actual impact and what I actually did with uh, how much it shifted me wow. into this mentality. Cause even the guy who, who led me to the private placement strategy, uh, is AJ Gupta who wrote the book with him. Right. And he was like, right as I was prepared to start like doing, uh, meeting financial advisors, he had emailed me and I was like, ah, oh, man, I was actually going, he just immediately put me on with AJ. And then AJ comes to my office like the next day. And then it's like, I'm trying to like, I'm <laughs> literally laying out this whole plan. I'm missing this element. And, you know, cause there's a lot of different theories and what it is. And then he's like, well, if that's your true theory, then. And that this is the balance of your portfolio of this is your risk and venture, then then it needs to be real estate. And this is how it needs to look like he really like, like, like put all that. He was the final piece to put in. Even when I try to explain that to Tony too, he's still like, you know, cause he's, he's like serve over everything. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? Like yes. it's hard to like, it, you know, even he sent me an early copy of, of I am your guru. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I just wish there was so much more like who you really are and the beside the scenes of you is so interesting. It, it's like, but I wish there was more of you, but yeah. he doesn't want to make it about him. It's about the students. Yeah. yeah. You know, I watched yeah. it with him the day before it released and it was amazing. Yeah. A little, uh, at CAA actually, there was a small screen. Oh, you did? Okay. I went to, um, there was two here, right? There was yeah. the CAA one and then the one down on, um, uh, on Wilshire, right? Uh -huh. You went to that one? Yeah. Look, this is what happened at that one. He was sitting right behind me. It was so funny to watch him, like yeah. watch himself. Look, after that one, he, there was a Q&A with the An hour and a half did he give workshop, you a, dude. Did he give you with the workshop? With music and the visualization. Oh, and the, so great. It was amazing, man. Man, and... and no, nah, he's amazing. Look, So I, much value. Look, it's... And it's... And you want, and this is this is what you need to 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 learn from him, right? I'm not trying to trying to trying to like uh, mentor you here. I'll take it. Hey, think yeah. of his mastery. 
Think of how tight his message is. So tight. Right? It is like, and it's like, like to me, the, his principles should be taught in an elementary school because it would help you begin to build a foundation of who you are as an individual as you decide to, to journey into your life, you know, and, and that is from doing it for so long and so many and so much that it is, uh, you know, obviously he continues to optimize it, but damn it, that shit is like, it is a philosophy tight. that is so tight and it's deeper than people even realize yeah. because you might drift off and add some things to it and realize, ah, nah, it's actually like, it is, <laughs> it is like the core epicenter for evolving yourself continually and making the best version of yourself. You know what I mean? And, and like, even I, I was on him tough, like you need to. It needs to be curriculum, man. You need to like you want to influence, like really influence, like Starts the kids. world. Yeah. yeah, like 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 make a movement to add this as part of being taught in schools on how to like empower yourself yeah. and and build your own self confidence and find your mastery and purpose, like and understand who you are. Like this should start in in school this shouldn't be for the few that are driven enough to figure it out i hear you man preaching the choir to me yeah maybe you should start a school curriculum yeah school of greatness what What am i saying (laughs) i'm curious first off i want to respect your time because i feel like we're a little over can i ask a few more questions or i feel feel like it was 10 minutes look man i just get to talking man i just want to make sure i respect your time because i have a few more damn it's 108 I could. I want. I have like twenty more questions, but I wonder if I could ask a few more. Yeah, yeah. If you got to bounce, we can. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What are the non-negotiable habits every single day that you must do in order to have an optimal life that day? Look, I'm. It's very because I think you know. But athletes know it more than anybody, right? Yes. Because you understand. You have the unfair advantage, I think. Yeah. And, and when you get in, you understand people that have never been an athlete will be like, "Oh, I've been eating well, and I don't feel any different." Right? It's like. Turning things to habit matters, right? So this is just what I do. I look at, I look at life in, in, in three levels, right? I look at uh, health, life, and work, Mm. right? So every morning I get up, uh, I weigh myself full body composition. You know what I mean? I brush my teeth. I immediately have an oatmeal and a water, uh, and then have a coffee. I track how many hours I slept. I rate at the beginning of the morning, uh, how motivated I am between one and 10, right? And if I'm below five, it's, it's half full from above five, uh, or if I, it's half empty, if I'm above five, it's half full. Uh, then I track everything I eat and all day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I eat, but I have, uh, a food system, so I don't have to think about it like during the week. So the meals just show up at the yep. time. So I don't, I don't have to think about it. Cause again, you take your too much energy to be creative with a food. Right. Don't, you do don't want to it. Like, you know, either, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and then you have the freedom to trail off, you know, the discipline is tracking it. So you understand where you're at. And then I track how, um, uh, much I worked that day and how much I spent on health. Right. So a trainer comes to my house every day at eight, uh, and I either do body work or mobility or, uh, whatever it may be since I've been re-engineering my total structure. Um, and then I try to do uh, a stretch and elliptical at some point during the day and some form. And now in my new office, there's like a, a holistic center in there. So I've been going down there and doing different things. So I'm murdering it when I put in two hours a day. 
um, on the body, right? So I track how much I work, how much I'm just living life, how much I slept, and how much time I spent on my health, right? And then at the end of every day, I'd give it a life, a zero to 10, uh, health, a zero to 10, and work, a zero to 10, right? And that's uh, cool. So I have this incredible data. You know what I mean? Of like looking at like, and it's what just do you so track interesting. It? Is it on like a software, uh, yeah, or it's it, so sick. I put it all on Google or... Docs. No, so I put it all on the Google uh, Dude, calendar. I gotta, I gotta right? get this system, man. Uh, put it all on Google <laughs> Calendar, and then, uh, and then, then my assistant then pumps me out like in Google Docs. Like Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until that presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case. Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com, designed for work my monthly numbers right so you see cause you, wow. you look as an athlete yeah you, you'll appreciate like understanding every aspect of your body composition but as an athlete like you know when you're losing it right and you're mm. fading and like you're you're uh, you stop tracking for a couple days and you're now you're it. now and now you watch you know it's that that you might stop weighing yourself for a little bit and you now you're afraid to get on it. Now it's like two weeks yes. goes by and you get on and bam, there's like seven extra. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, it's that. Yeah. The purpose of the system. Now it's not foolproof. Like life still hits you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm over here preaching. Traveling your this, your yeah, that. You, you, know. you, you, you know it because you understand Travel it, time, right? Yeah. It's the, it's, you, you know what is absolutely perfect for you. It's mm -hmm. so hard to maintain it. Very hard. Right? So it's the, the system for me is just what, like, by turning, gamifying it. Yes. I get excited about the numbers and like, oh, I'm, you know, I kept it at 1500 calories and yeah. I was out of 26 and like, I get, I get into the gamification of it. Cool. I love looking at the data. Yeah. Um, that, that's what motivates me to stay inside the structure because yes. I ultimately know it's, the best version of, of what I'm going to do. And, and I believe even when you're that, that healthy, there's about three layers deeper that you're able to accomplish because yeah. your mind is thinking about everything all the time. And then you're solving problems in between other tasks because you're so much more clear. Right. And, and I think that that's especially really being super healthy and, and clean diet and whatever that is for you. It's just not filling yourself with a ton of garbage. You Sugar, know what I mean? yeah. And there's layers that you begin to unlock that you, you don't realize because you might just equate it to like, Oh, I feel great. You know, or yeah. if, you know, like, and then you could get hit by something in life and all that healthy diet and everything could literally make crush you because like what just happened in life uh, was such a burden that doesn't matter how healthy you are, you're not going to live through that. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not going to find energy through that sort of burden. But being someone, being an athlete and understanding your body at its good, bad, and really bad, right? Uh, yeah. and, and really great. Like you just, you, and you know how hard really great is to sustain. So hard. It's the, how do you, how do you just be good? 
you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be really great because it's just unsustainable. You know what I mean? It's, it's good is just part of consistently. Yeah, yeah. It's just part of living in that. And that, that's mm. sort of like the structure to how I have it. And then I just, uh, you know, there's a, a company out here called My Fit Foods. I don't know. If I you're... love My Fit Foods. Right so, down on the street for me. Right. So I have, you know, so my good, team man. just manage My Fit Foods. Cauliflower so, mash they have. Yeah, oh. and it's just you know you get to manage your calories oh, clean and so like you're, it's fulfilling and and I you know even recently shifted from the every two hours uh to the Tim Ferriss every four hours yeah. right and. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're not doing a ton of physical activity because I'm only doing rehab and trying to like re-engineer my structure that, you know, you, you can stay lean that way and, and, and still have the energy without, uh, overdoing it. And of course I did all the blood tests and, and like, you know, you know, and what I found, you might find this interesting. You ever do blood tests to kind of see what you're looking yes. to or any of that? Yes. What I found really interesting is all these uh, uh, allergies and all these different things. When I just went to this clean diet and and sustained it for a year, I went and got all my tests back. Like, I didn't do anything specifically, like all where they'll be like, you know, take this vitamin for sixteen hours a day. All I did was just eat clean and then retest. And my gluten tolerance was like almost nothing. Like before, it was like he's so allergic to gluten. <laughs> it's like all these different things, and it really leveled everything uh. out by just. Eating what like, we're supposed to eat. Yeah. And trying to be on like 80 20, where you just, you know, when you lose it, you lose it a little bit. But look, life gets you. You know what I mean? No matter, even with this great purpose and bragging about how this little guy in the center are all happy, you still get, I still get drilled. Of you course. You know what I mean? Yeah. A, a hand, there's, you know, it's in it when you live in the excitement, uh, it's still hard to, uh, manage expectations. It is. Right? It's, it, expectations is that great burden of our life because it's this hopefulness, like a new opportunity, big thing, like, you know, whatever it may be, it's always, there's so much energy of, associated with expectation and the hope behind whatever that may be. And getting a couple of those in a row, uh, getting slapped back at you can, can drain the strongest, most driven, purposeful person. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, it's just a part of life, no matter how much you've calibrated who you are as a person and built your life, you're still going to get like punched yeah. in the gut, yeah, you know, what I mean? every couple <laughs> of months. You of know course. What I mean? What's missing in your life right now? Man, I don't look, I'm, uh, it, it's not, not very interesting. Uh, but to me, it's the family and home growing. You know what I mean? Like sons do here any day. Crazy man. Uh, really excited about it. But you know, I want to build the house. You know what I mean? I've just been going through the process. It's going to take so many years to do it. I want to. Yeah. I want to build just this. You know, place that 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 I love and live forever. So it's mm. like by the time that's done, and and I've sort of transitioned out of dancing on a laptop and being the skate guy, and sort of evolved into like um, this sort of um, doer, dyer, entrepreneur, uh, retired adventurer and athlete. Like and when I can evolve into that space fully and have built the home that I'm going to live in forever. And now had the become a dad for a couple of years. Like I'm still like, I still long for, uh, beginning to, to get into that forever of my life because I just am at the beginning of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Final couple of questions. I promise. Um, this is called the three truths, three truths. So you've lived in your home forever and you've been there for a long time Yeah. and it's the last day for you. Yeah. 
and everything you've ever created, the videos, the books, the products, it's all been erased. Yeah. And everyone's there. You're happy. You've done everything you want to do. And they say, we don't have anything to remember you by, except for memories. But here's a piece of paper and a pen. And we want you to write down your three truths. Yeah. Three things that you know to be true about everything you've experienced in your incredible life, like bit by sharks, bears, all the stuff you do. Yeah. What are the three things you know to be true about life that you'd pass on to us? Yeah. What would I, that be? I think number one is that everything you seek to achieve, build a believable plan. You know what I mean? It, it is whether you're you literally just want to like become a paper person, build a plan on how it is and what it's going to be like, whatever you want to do, like, like build a plan you believe in because you'll have the faith through the, through the tough times to actually do it. Cause you actually know you can do it. You know, um, number two, uh, I think it would ultimately be to, to be learn to be passionately compelled, you know, in the sense of, um, learn to find what drives you, uh, based off of you wouldn't have it any other way. Because ultimately, if you're using something for fuel, it's inevitably going to run out. But if it's an internal engine that is literally, uh, you don't know any other way to do it because this is why you do what you do is because you're compelled by your passion, uh, that will fuel you forever. Yeah. Number three. Number three, <laughs> Number three is simple. Uh, love people and have fun. You know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, uh, you still uh, get up every day and interact with people and their energies. And if you don't uh, really learn how to find beauty in every single person and calibrate to, to an exchange of, of what you're about, you're just not going to be a happy person. Mm -hmm. If, if you can't find joy and, and fun and, and literally any, like pretty much anything that you do, especially when it comes to interacting with people, you're, you will never be happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are great truths, man. Those are great truths. I don't know if those are exact truths. They're pretty long. They're good. They I, like pretty long. I like them. I like them. Um, before I ask the final question, what, how can we as a community, a school of greatness community, support you? What can we do? Yeah. How, what can we promote? Make sure everyone watch ridiculousness, but what can we really do to serve you? What's, what means the most to you right now? Oh, no, I don't, you know, I mean, I'm just, you know, look, I, I, I would just hope that, uh, I think people that find you are, are, uh, just seeking knowledge and looking to elevate themselves. You know, I, you know, I don't do too many things, yeah. you know what I mean? No, I appreciate coming on. Uh, yeah. And I just knew philosophically mm. you would enjoy. Oh, I love this. Uh, I want to go for five more hours, right? man. I'm like, I, can, I can't get enough of this stuff, you know? <laughs> I knew that you would philosophically enjoy the ev evolution of, of who I am yeah. and my way of thinking. Yeah, you know of course. I mean? and, and to me, I would just hope that uh, long-term I'm not a teacher. You know what I mean? I don't, I love having conversations and talking about why I do what I do. One day, um, I will say this is how I lived my life and why, you know, mm. as just not for everyone, but this is why I did it. Uh, but I'll never be, um, someone that will be speaking and, and writing books and doing all, all write this a book, type I of think. stuff, you know what I mean? But it's, it's ultimately, I'm not a teacher. That's along mm. the self-discovery. Cause you would think someone that thinks like this would be like, damn, this I, is, I this is a teacher. I don't right? look at and, myself as a teacher either. I look at yeah. myself as a student that shares what I'm learning. Yeah. But your passion is mm. sharing, mm. uh, and 
inspiring and teaching yeah. others. Yes. You're taking this knowledge, re repackaging it and giving it to them yeah. to help them. You know, and, yes. and I just think that ultimately it's in that self discovery. I just knew it was never, you know, something that I, um, you're doing in your own way. You're entertaining, yeah. teaching through entertaining. Right. And, and I would rather like, like doing this, I don't mind because it's a conversation, you know, and, and, and I think it's the reality of, uh, when someone like you has a conversation with me, it's just another, uh, hopefully to the, to the listeners that are uh, on your podcast to be inspired, that there's just some, some truths in there that they can just apply, you know, cause it's, it's the same way that, you know, you read Think and Grow Rich when you're 20, you're, you could, barely understand it you read it at 25 you get a little bit more out of it you read it at 30 it's like oh wow you read that shit at 40 and you're like god damn it like this is the most powerful lessons ever like you can literally control reality if you master this book right and you're only we're both in the documentary by the way think the documentary oh you are Uh, you as well yeah yeah, i saw that you're in it also i'm excited about that yeah yeah and and look because it's it's truth, man. It is, and, and man. it's the it's the the sketchy ones of the sexual mutation and mm. uh, sort of what happens when you can control like reality. Like yeah. it's it's the stuff that's hard for a young man to fully understand. Um, you really get it at forty. You know what I mean? And and it's just the idea of um. Every single thing, you know, to this day, you know, what I listen to today working out is, uh, the richest man in Babylon. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, I, you know, uh, listen to your, um, audio book, uh, and watched a bunch of your stuff. Just, just getting an understanding of, of, and wanting to, to ultimately hear your philosophy, which has a ton of think and grow rich Mm -hmm. and, and, and and a ton of that sort of, to me, it's the, the athletic minds, yes. like applying that, the, that sort of the same thing from, from the athlete's mind, you yeah. know what I mean? Which is a, I can relate to because I actually, I know what the effects are, you know, not unless you're really in it. It's hard to understand what discipline can do to you physically and what, how you can grow, you know? Yeah. That was a really long way of saying. <laughs> I don't have anything to promote. Okay. Well, robdeerdeck.com is your site. It's a beautiful site. And you were sharing your 10 principles, but you got to like five or six. Yeah. So I want to make sure everyone goes and reads your 10 principles because when I read them, I was like, this is really profound to have your own kind of mission statement, you know, declaration of what you stand for. And I think everyone should follow that process for themselves. So go check out robdeerdeck.com and see those principles at the bottom. Also, you have a foundation, right? Yeah, haven't launched it yet. You haven't launched yeah, we it. We never yet. even got into that. I saw, well, I saw so, the video trailer for it. It was yeah. like, you well, know. To give you give you the concept is, I'm a do or die. I want to build companies with do or die entrepreneurs, right? And I want to build fifty to a hundred businesses that I sell over the rest of my life. And from a philanthropy side, I don't want to help entrepreneurs. I want to help people live these insane moments like I got yeah. to live, you know, and, and rather than build a foundation around any like entrepreneurialism or a cause or uh, something, I want to, to build it around 
achieving life moments. So if you can prove to me you've planned out every single aspect, you know, I don't, you figured out a way to put a rocket on a, on a, on a motorcycle and you've got an idea to jump it, you know, 500 feet and parachute out and it's going to cost you 2000 for the bike and 6000 for the ramp and you need this much space. It's going to cost you 75,000 to be like, you laid it all, you planned it beginning to end to your achievement. I'm going to give you the money. Right. Because I want to live vicariously through the do or dire like me who's got a crazy thing that they want to do. But no one would ever provide a resource for that. And and if I look back on my life uh, when everything's been a race and all I've got to do is tell stories, it's going to be about those hundred individuals that I built and sold businesses with and how excited I was about their ideas and the thousand or so dreams Mm. that I made come true for those people are just like me that cut from that spirit that created yeah. some amazing idea that, cool. I, that I helped bring alive, right? That's and cool, man. you have these two things and what, what do they all connect back to? They're all just like me, just yeah. do or die. Same mentality in, in that sort of realm. That's right? cool. And that's, I can do that forever. Yeah. What, you know so you, I mean? when are you going to launch that? Uh, probably in like a year or so. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to write a, I'm going to write a check for a thousand dollars for one of the first people that okay. you want to, you want to support. <laughs> I, so look, I appreciate that. Of course, man. man I Cause I, I believe in everything that yeah. you've done and I appreciate your energy and yeah. your impact you're making in the world. So yeah. I'll get you to check today. Yeah, well, um, we'll wait on that. I'll get it to you right now. Um, okay. Final question. Before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Rob, for your incredible spirit, your incredible heart. And your passion, man. You've got such a will to live a happy, joyful life. And you're like a symbol to me. You're like a symbol of someone who is, who can come up with any idea and make it happen. Yeah. And that symbol for me is such an inspiration because so many people look up to you and say, hey, if this guy, the small kid from Ohio who's a skateboarder, yeah. can create anything he wants and have fun doing it and it doesn't look stressful, like you're exactly the way you are on TV. Yeah. You're like just... Good old happy dude, you know. <laughs> Good old happy dude. It's a, it's but a you're happy dude trying to be a dad. That's it, man. But you're like a symbol of a lot of inspiration for people because of the way you are being every single day and how you show up in the world. So I want to acknowledge you for your gifts, Appreciate for your that. ability to be creative and also have systems for yourself because a lot of creative people don't have that. Yeah, they're all over the map. And um, acknowledge you for taking your your life and your relationship to the next level and becoming a dad and having this vision that's a beautiful incredible thing man so i acknowledge you for all the gifts in the world that you bring and my final question is what's your definition of greatness you know to to me uh, because i think you know we we tend to look at greatness from a uh, a performance perspective you know what i mean and and i think that's fair Right. And I, I think it's owed to, to Tony Robbins to be that greatness is when like someone's true personal mastery inspires the masses. You know what I mean? Like when, when whatever it is, when your personal mastery is at such a level that it inspires a mass amount of people, you know, and when you, you tie that to the Jordans and different yeah. athletes, when the Tiger Woods and in the, in great thinkers and different things, when you're what you became so masterful at personally became this great source of inspiration. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what leads to greatness. Super difficult, man. Super difficult. Rob Dudek, thanks so much yeah, for coming on, man. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it, man. Love the apartment, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love connecting with Rob. Every time I sit down with him, I learn something new from him. And his example of constantly pushing the boundaries, constantly taking risks, putting himself out there and doing what he does best. He's really learned about what his unique superpower is and he goes all in on that thing. It's what I love about him. He also brings this positive attitude and this positive energy to every situation in his life. And he's such a great example of a role model that anyone could be following and learning from on a daily basis. So make sure to check him out, follow him on social media, watch his show Ridiculousness and everything else that he has available on his site. Again, make sure to share this with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. lewishouse.com slash 901. If this is your first time here, then let me know by subscribing over on Apple Podcasts. Just click the subscription button on your Apple Podcast player. Subscribe over on Spotify or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. And leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We've got over 6,000 five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts. So go leave us a review. Let us know what you enjoyed about this, how we can improve it, and any suggestions you have for the future. Also, a big thank you to our sponsors today, Hemp Fusion. And you can go to hempfusion.com right now and use the promo code GREATNESS for 20% off your first order and free shipping at hempfusion.com. Again, that's promo code GREATNESS over at hempfusion.com for 20% off your first order plus free shipping. And also, thanks to our sponsor, Zoom. Now, Zoom didn't invent video conferencing. They just made it a whole lot better. We use it for pretty much everything all day. So check it out right now. Go to Zoom. It's used by millions to connect around the world. So why wait any longer? Visit Zoom online and set up your free account today. And meet happy with Zoom. Again, I love this quote by Michael Jordan. Some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. Others make it happen. Whatever your dream is, I want you to go out there and make it happen today. Just take one small action today that's going to move you closer to your dream. Obviously, the bigger steps you take and the more consistent you action you make, it's going to get you even closer faster. That's up to you. But I'm asking you to take one step today. Whatever that fear is you have, that uncertainty you have, that discomfort you have, lean into it and move you closer toward your dreams. You deserve it and you are worth it. I hope you know that. I love you very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.